Welcome to that movie you like squared. Also known as Take Two. Yes. It's time for the great new podcast where we look at classic films and then pitch you the sequels that you cannot live without. I am extremely tired. And I'm Brendan. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Adaptation Week again. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Adaptation month. Yeah, we liked Adaptation Week so much that we've decided to do it again. It hurts so much. (laughs) And yeah, maybe we've done more adaptations this season than sequels and that's okay. Well, this this is season two, the sequel to season one. Which is largely adaptations at this point. What have we got up this time? Looking at the fan mail that we have not been receiving, but I'm sure that Hamish and Andy have been, <laughs> we have had a glaring oversight in our pitching, basically. Yeah. We are in Australia. Yeah. Well, we're in Tasmania, but it counts. It yep. counts, right? And we had this glaring oversight of not including any Australian media yeah. into it. So, And we did think about doing Australian sequels, but a lot of the Australian movies that would have good sequels, already have sequels. Yes, because of course they would. Why would you stop making more of the same? Or they are challenging on the level of Eat, Pray, Love, and we're too lazy to do that this week. Yeah, or ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided to do an adaptation, and we are adapting Australian TV kid shows. From the 90s and early 2000s, just for context. (laughs) We could go for as far back as the 80s. We could go back to the 80s. Actually, yes, I think it Um, does count as the 80s with mine and yours. Probably. um, I don't know what you're doing, uh, actually. (laughs) But certainly, so, I mean, I think maybe a good place to start before we talk about what we're actually, what we actually chose. Yes. Do you have any Australian kid shows that stand out to you, maybe separate from the one you're doing? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll go through some of the list. Yeah, cool. I don't know, giggle and hoop, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I grew up in the 90s and my uh, parents wouldn't let me watch Power Rangers, so for me it was a lot of ABC Kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for a lot of us, ABC Kids is where this stuff was. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, as a a kid kid, like little kid, we only had two channels. Yeah. So a lot of it was just ABC or I think at the time it was Southern Cross. So still Southern Cross, I think, but yeah. yeah. Which is not a real channel. Which is not a real channel anywhere else in the world. (laughs) It was ostensibly just a lot of like Channel 7 I yeah. guess from the mainland yeah with, the, with like The Simpsons or something thrown yeah, in for good the, measure I think The Simpsons <laughs> and things and yeah it was it was a lot of a lot of like Canadian and British TV mm. as well but we did get a bit of Australian stuff sprinkled was, in there and I think there was a fair bit like I think and even today like with things like Bluey mm. I think Australia punches above its weight a little bit in kids' television. Oh, uh, definitely. In comparison to other television. Definitely. So growing up, we had Liftoff, yes. uh, which was this existential horror of a mm. show when you really look back on it. like It was definitely on my list as one of my potentials. It is definitely the thing that made... that You can draw a line of cause and effect from Liftoff <laughs> being greenlit to Brendan writing his Eat, Pray, Love <laughs> sequel. If, for people who haven't seen Liftoff, it was, <laughs> it's hard to explain because it doesn't really have a story. It's like a series of vignettes built around these kids. Yeah, um, it's kind of like... Talking backpacks... 
there's a, a Australian Sesame Street, I yeah. guess, if you really wanted to try and draw. There's, like, yeah. there's a pale, faceless doll called EC. That's which, a, that's possessed. Yeah, <laughs> that, and moves in a really freaky fashion. Yeah, it was like this innocent creature, I suppose, yeah. that was just there to observe. So, so do you know what EC stands for? Every ex- every child. Oh, I was going to say extra <laughs> creepy. But yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's probably more accurate. I'm... EC is like one of my toys that I'm still kind of trying to pick up. I've seen them pop up every now and again. And the problem with EC is it's also a heavily soiled doll. Can we say one of the problems with EC? So buying a secondhand EC, it's hard to know whether soiling is TV accurate or that was its life as a (laughs) child. So I've been hesitant to buy one online. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing one in like a doctor's waiting room or something like years ago and it was right on brand, right? It's that feeling you pick it up mm. and it's got that sticky feeling to it. Really like, oh, there's definitely skin yes. that's been left in here. <laughs> there's a and speaking, I guess, of creepy Australian puppets, aggro pops out to oh, my yes. mind. Yes. Obviously a lot of stuff on aggro, like the cartoons weren't really Australian, but Agro, the host, and all of the stuff around it was very Australian. Yes, and, so. and Agro is creepy for completely different reasons <laughs> as well. Mostly yeah. the puppeteer, I believe. Yeah, I think Agro was probably hit up with a few sexual harassment suits back in the day. Yeah. Um, he always had very attractive co-hosts that I... Th- yeah, they seemed to like him. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they... You know, and aggro, put I up do, with it. But I do possess a couple. <laughs> yes. I've got a couple of aggros. Other ones that pop out to me. Do you remember Genie from Down Under? Oh, hell yeah. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah. That was an excellent show. So that was one of those things. They used to do a lot of co-productions with other countries. Yeah, and I think yeah. Genie from Down Under was a BBC, ABC yeah. crossover. Yeah. So it was like TV's the, Avengers back then. <laughs> yeah, there'll be like two British kids and then they film yeah. in Australia usually. Yeah. It's like Saddle Club. It's yeah. like half Canadians yeah. just, but and, in Australia. Um, like Little Elvis Jones as well. Like oh, That was Christ. a weird... I hated that show. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I remember it all right. Yeah. Like you had Blinky Bill as yeah. well, like the Yoram Gross animated Definitely, ones. Yeah. definitely a fun one. There's a couple and, and like many of these were on my list. So one of them that I was very close to doing was Spellbinder. Do you remember Ooh. Spellbinder? No. Okay. So Spellbinder, <laughs> and it might be... It might have either not been on TV in Tasmania, because mm. I did have TV by the point Spellbinder was on. This was before I moved down here. But Spellbinder was a boy, I think his name was Paul, mm. and he was transported to another world, which was like a fantasy world of myth and magic. Mm. And it was ruled by the Spellbinders, who were these... People thought they were magicians, but they were basically people that wore these like electric suits and they could throw (laughs) electricity at people and they became the kind of the rulers of the land. And it was this kind of... So basically like, you know, if Taz Networks decided to get their linesmen to (laughs) wage war, this is what would go down. Maybe that's where the Spellbind universe (laughs) came from. Um, The great Taz Networks uprising. Yeah, but it it was pretty cool. Like, I don't... I didn't get to the point of watching it for research and I'm confident it doesn't hold up. The main thing I remember about Spellbinder is one of my friends trying to build a Spellbinder suit at <laughs> and just thinking he's going to electrocute himself. Yeah, that, yeah was... that, that could be incredibly dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you don't remember Spellbinder. I'm sure some of our I'll listeners have to, do. I'll have to look so it up on YouTube after we've recorded. Ma- and maybe if we do a future one, I'll do yeah. a Spellbinder adaptation. Oh, um, that sounds fun. Oh, I had another one that was on the, the tip of my tongue. Oh, um, the Wayne Manifesto. That was, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun yeah. one. I don't remember why. With the best Bronson. Yeah, with the best Bronson, yeah. <laughs> for, for Rather Twist. So. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember... Like, this was a vague one. Do you remember Crash Zone? It was, like, on after... 
The Saturday game show? No, it was after Saturday Disney and it was about these kids that won a competition or something and they became like the Q&A unpaid oh, I do remember for, a, yes. for a video game company or something. Uh, yes. And there was this AI as well that was very CGI, like, ooh, look at this, it's CGI, but yeah. There's another one. Actually, I'm thinking about now, I'm not even confident 100% that it's Australian, but there's another one called Kids Incorporated, which is on a similar kind of time, and they were like, I think spies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. What was it? Oh, Johnson and Friends. No, like, yeah. You know, that was when a bit, you're a little kid. Yeah, like, I was, that was a bit toy- too old for that one, but yeah. my brothers uh, watched it. No, I was about the right age for that. That was Toy Story before Toy Story, even, yeah. I think. like that. Do, was- have you ever seen Behind the Scenes on Johnson and Friends? No, but I remember, like, oh, I, again, it, it's more like just understanding it from a yeah. you know filmmaking perspective. That set was incredible yeah. like it's, it's a gi- but it's, it's enormous. a gigantic room and then yeah. the because in my mind the way i remembered it was they were puppets but yeah. they're people in full they're full-size adults in costumes yeah so think about it i remember it was a big deal when they finished filming it i think yeah. like they did a whole special on the abc about like how they oh, made okay. it and stuff because like one of them's like i a don't hot, remember a hot watching water it. bottle so yeah. he's he's the size of a hot water bottle but a hot water bottle that's the size of a human adult. I remember now, as a kid, I used to have this green sleeping bag and I just sort of, like, would zip this thing up and it had a hood, so I'd just sort of, like, be the hot water bottle with <laughs> this bloody sleeping bag. There's one that I'm confident that you probably don't remember mm. uh, because I feel like it was aimed directly at me and I don't think that it really went past maybe, like, a single season. Yep. But there was a show called Alien Jewels and it was about a boy or i forget which way around it goes basically a kid moves into a house and then it's haunted and they develop a friendship and like a relationship over the course of like a series so it's like i guess a paranormal romance for kids Mm. but i I absolutely loved it i don't i don't remember that one yeah i think i feel like it only ever aired like once i don't think it was very popular I might have to edit this out if this isn't an Australian one, but Plasmo, was that an Australian yeah, production? Yeah, it is. It is, it it is yeah. an Australian production. Oh, yeah. okay. Because, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> yeah. So Plasmo is stop-motion plasticine animation Yep. about this weird little alien, and it was a serialised story, but no one ever watched it in order, right? So you just would catch these, like, random episodes here and there, and it was... You never knew what had happened the week before, and it was I, I just very rem- disturbing. I just remember seeing it in hindsight and seeing it on YouTube or something. Oh, and like okay. the, One of the, yeah. like, corridors, one of the characters, and his face looks like a... A lady's parts? Yeah, ladies' parts. <laughs> a of was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, no. Uh, no, but, not that bit. No, not that uh, bit. The, but, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. So, actually, interesting enough, Plasmo, I went to an adult education course, uh, yes. actually well before I was an adult, with the creator of Plasmo. How, and, is this where they teach you how to be an adult? I really need yeah, to go there. No, they teach you how to be a Plasmo creator. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've been so successful since. But... <laughs> Yeah, Our lives was, are really going well. It was, it was with the guy that created Plasmo. Yeah. It's just it's basically just one guy. Wow. And I mean there was a bigger production crew, but he created the characters and the, the early episodes it, yeah. and I am not sure, I forget his name now, but it was cool. We got to like so speaking of corridor, yes. he had a corridor puppet there. Yeah. Oh, like wow. so the maquette, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And we got to fool around with it and do some stop motion animation with wow. him. It was it was actually as a kid super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that would actually be pretty cool to have one of the actual puppets yeah. there. To yeah, there was, he manipulate. had So, like, the ship was there. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that's what he, I think, did after Plasmo was go around 
show and kill on tour. How to, yeah. how to make a plasma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That would have been a cool one to adapt. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, still, I would have to watch it and understand There's still it like the infinite expanse of time that we will be able to keep making these, <laughs> yeah. so why not? We love day. a sequel, so Australian yeah. kids TV, the sequel could be could be a thing. It, yeah. depend, it depends on our viewer engagement. So <laughs> if you really like listening to this content, like, subscribe, annoy your friends, make them listen to it as well, drive up our engagement, and maybe vote on our website polls if maybe, you're feeling possessed. Maybe we'll do more Australian kids ones. We'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. There's a big Australian kids show that we avoided talking about, and I think it's it's. An Australian kids show that was pretty successful in other parts of the world too. Yeah. But I think maybe we should introduce your... Because I, I this is a rare occasion where I actually know what you're doing ahead of time. A yes. little, I don't know the story. I just know what you picked. What, what I picked. Yeah. But yeah, so I will announce what I've been working on this week and probably in the easiest way that most people in Australia will, will recognise. Brendan, have you ever, ever felt like this? Have strange things happened? Are you going around the twist? I love how that song ends always with like this close up of someone screaming. Going round the twirls. <laughs> yes, classic. I was all I'm, rise for the national anthem. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit of when you told me that you were doing round the twist. I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to do round the twist because oh. <laughs> this is one of my absolute favourite shows growing up. Yeah, um, same. And still is. Like I, I watch it probably. Once every couple of years, like yeah. I, I, I've watched season one and two anyway. We ignore three and four. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't remember three and four that much. Yeah. So I was, I was well after our time. Yeah, I do remember that they changed the actors for the grown-ups, which they didn't do so much in the first two seasons. Like, it's a wild thing to read because they obviously had to have a rolling cast of kids because yes. the kids aged up and you can't have them. 18, 19 playing 14 year olds yeah. and they obviously wanted to have more actors coming through and it was a golden age of TV for Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah so season one had one group of kids, season two yep. had a different group of kids. Mm -hmm. um, season two also changed Gribble um, mm -hmm. though. So we had, what's his name? Mark Mitchell. Yes, for the yeah. later seasons, but it was Frankie J. Holden in yes. season one. So, yes, it was. Yep. Which is very different. And uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of an adjustment to see Mark Mitchell is because he was in Liftoff yeah, as I was well prior. He was in Liftoff, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah and lots of yeah. lots of Australian kids stuff, like, I feel like. And I mean, he was, in, was he in. No, he wasn't in Sea Change, was he? He was in something. Uh, uh, no, no. Yeah, I don't think he was in Sea Change, but he, that was, he, no, yeah. sorry, that's John Howard. John Howard. I think you're thinking of not, yeah. not, the, pro, not the Prime Minister, the, <laughs> the actor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah. And great cast both mm. seasons though I think yeah, the oh, kids yeah, did yeah. a great job without question I, I joked it, about the best Bronson being the Wayne Manifesto one but season two Bronson's pretty good it is interesting because I was looking at this spreadsheet of all the cast and, and stuff and how they rolled through different characters and, and different actors one actor was in three seasons as Ralph Snapper he was actually one of the show's creators yeah, the teacher yep. yeah yeah and Tasman West who was season one Linda she actually appears in every 
every single episode of the entire series. Or her voice does. Or her voice does, yeah. <laughs> she, sang, she sang that, that intro. So, the classic, yeah. classic intro. I, I don't think she was in, responsible for the <laughs> noises, but, you know, she sang the rest of it. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and what a classic theme song it is. Oh, if man. you've heard it once, it will that, it will stay with you forever. I, I was actually listening to it on Wednesday night prior to recording. This is now Friday, and honestly, it was kind of affecting me. Right, yeah. like I'm just sort of like, you know. <laughs> so, do you have then? And, and feel free to ignore this question if it if it affects your story or whatever. Yep. Do, you, do you have a favorite episode of Around the Twist? Or oh, I can't really stick it into what. I think I really enjoyed the arcs of the whole seasons, right? Yeah. Which so, I forget that they had kind yeah. of an ongoing story a little bit as well. So I remember I remember specifically like Bronson and his stinky feet. That was the biggest one. That, yeah. was, that was definitely the probably my favourite one. I think just for like high concept and just like how the hell did this get made? The Whirly Dervish. Which one which one's that one? Okay, so how do I describe this without getting cancelled from the internet? Bronson, I think is this a season three or it four? It might have been episodes? a season three or four. Because uh, yeah, it would I don't be... think I've seen it. Okay, so Bronson swallows some fish or something from an aquarium and it was this very specific type of yeah. fish and it just swam around in circles really super quick and it makes his penis <laughs> zoom around in his pants to the point where he can use it as like a helicopter blade. So, so, so I definitely don't like season three or four, but I kind of want to watch this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah so... And I don't want to call that a favourite episode. I just want to call it out as, like, how did this insanity make it to television? Like, holy cow. I'm pretty sure that would not have aired in some (laughs) countries. Surely they would have cut that. Because I've got a few favourites that I might share. But feel free to delete them before the story if if you need to. But So some classic ones that really stand out to me. Uh, Wonder Pants. Oh, yeah, Wonder Pants. That was great. With the frog race. And Wonder Pants, classically, I remember my teacher in about grade two or three calling my parents in because I'd written this, like, amazing story and they wanted to share it with my parents. My parents came in and they were like, he's just written down an episode of Round the Twist. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Wonder Pants. It's one of those things, though, that Paul Jennings, in and and that's the other thing, Mm. Paul Jennings was responsible for seasons one and two, and I don't believe he was involved in three and four. I don't think so. And so many classic Australian books, which is kind of what they were adapting. If you have never read a Paul Jennings book, what the hell yeah, you need to do it yeah uh, do it like what, undone unreal unseen and all of these i don't like, think you can find a bad one to be honest yeah, the, like the gizmos and stuff yeah I, I actually first remember there was a there, there was quirky this, tales quirky yeah there was this one I, I remember my first book that i more or less read as a kid like the actual you know book book yes and it was it was like a, a collection of three short stories from paul jennings and i've never been able to find it since but it was like one where there was this like warehouse full of jam and he started selling it off. Yeah. And then it turned everyone into like junkies basically. I know and the book you mean. I'm trying to think. Is it kind of frog story got, in that one? It's got burp or something was another one. Yeah, where he, that, like, yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember what the third one was. Because usually there were books with short stories and usually there were probably like six or seven, like yeah. quite a few stories in yeah. there. Yeah. Like it must've been published mid eighties or something, yeah. but yeah, it was. It and was... cause later on there were some adaptations of round the twist. So yeah. like they adapted the stories of Paul Jennings to round the twist yes. and then back to books. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think the next one that I remember just really leaving an impression on me as a kid was, I think it was undone yeah. where this guy gets bitten by this beetle and his skin turns see through. Yeah. And I just remember the haunting image of like turning the page in this book and just seeing this skeleton and muscle like 
anatomy painting of this there's dude. One, and and I like, feel like I've blocked it out, but it's yeah. a similar kind of thing where it's the story was about pubic hair, and I don't remember <laughs> the I don't really remember the story, but I remember it really just like like messing with Jennings it. has mm. this incredible knack of finding something really weird but also kid centric like yeah. it it's it, yeah he just sort of really talks to and, that level of and at its peak and yeah. this is probably around the time of round the twist yes. he was also super prolific so yes. he was probably as close as you could get to like australia's rl stein like he was yeah. releasing books constantly much better writer but yeah just so much stuff yeah like stephen king really like yeah. you know, his output yeah. was incredible the thing that really amazed me is like again looking at his wikipedia article that dude is 80 like he was yeah. in his 50s in his heyday man yeah. like you know this was yeah it yeah. just goes to show you you never know when it's going to kind of happen for you right and, like and, and paul if by any chance you are ever listening to this thank you yeah. thank you so so much and if you ever want to do a paul jennings adaptation week where we adapt your short stories we'd love to have you on <laughs> yeah i mean it's a lot less work for us so. <laughs> but uh, he even wrote a, he wrote a book and oh, i can't remember the name this is this yeah. is just gonna be us forgetting yeah, the names yeah. of paul jennings stories but he wrote a book after his main period of success and yeah. it was sort of semi-autobiographical and it was yes. still funny but mm-hmm. not it, it was it was a bit more serious as yeah, well yeah, yeah. and it was like he can write. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's it's not just fun kid stuff. I like, think the man was an English teacher or something yeah, from memory. So yeah. Yeah. Really fantastic. So yeah. Wonder Pants being one of yes, my absolute yes. favourite episodes. Back on um, target. <laughs> oh, that's all right. So I worked as a teacher very, very briefly, and one of the things you do on a rainy lunch break is sometimes play around the twist episode for your class. Yep. The episode that kids were always a bit terrified of was the scarecrow possession episode. Oh, is that the one with all like the, the clown the, yeah. suit and stuff? Yeah. Yes. They put it they started to get possessed by clowns and then they put the suit on the scarecrow and the scarecrow comes to life and yeah. there's a bit where he sticks his tongue out through the things and you'll just see kids just like recoil in horror. It's so scary. Like, there's something worse than like that scene out of Indiana Jones where he rips the dude's heart out. Like yeah. I remember watching that as a kid on a rainy day in yeah. school. I don't know why they decided <laughs> Temple of Doom was the way to go, but here we were. And and Australia. I was and I was yeah and I was proper traumatized, but everyone else in the room seemed to love it. But yeah, that scene yeah. that would that, mess that, that same room of kids up. Yeah, so, that scene yeah. will mess up a kid. Any kid, any age. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember Skeleton on the Dunny as well. Yeah. Like I think that's the first episode, right? Yeah. I think yeah and Kind of Dunny-related episodes. Yes. Toilets for our Australian Oh, yeah, to- yeah sorry. Yeah, Dunny's, Dunny humour was definitely but a big one. My favourite from season two, mm. and because season two's it's got a bit of a different feel, I think just because different cast and things. Probably. But season two has the one with, like, the punk ghost and Pete Twist gets locked in the toilet block with him ah. and he has to spend the whole night in the toilet block with this ghost that's trying to scare him and ah. he's trying not to get scared because he knows that the ghost is being graded on, on his yeah. scare and it's... And as a kid, I just love punks and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And ghosts and to- toilet blocks, probably. Um, yeah. It was just, it was a really classic one. But it's one of those things you frequent as a kid as y- well, don't yeah. you? Like, it's, oh, I have to go to the toilet and, you know, avoiding school. And an episode <laughs> that I didn't love as a kid necessarily, it was maybe a bit too romancy, but yeah. it's maybe my favourite episode now, is Nails. The it's the oh, one the with the mermaid one, isn't with it? The, yeah. yeah, the mermaid boy. And yeah. he he and Linda have a romance that develops but it's like it's filmed like a gothic horror film like it's <laughs> it's filmed so beautifully and the nail it's just like it's Romeo and Juliet but with a mermaid and oh I just 
watching it now, like yeah. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite episode. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go and watch some more Round the Twist because uh, as much as I would have loved to, I didn't actually watch any Round the Twist leading up. It, it, not recently anyway. Yes. Like I have obviously watched it and yeah, yeah, absorbed yeah. it as a child, but... I had to riff a lot on this and a lot of it was me going through the Wikipedia article and going, oh, yeah, I remember that. that yeah. Was, yeah. Well, we're running out of t-shirts, so we don't want to yeah, be exactly. exactly the same no, anyway. No, and that's it. And so. and so trying to find that, I don't know, that voice that Jennings had and try and bring that in. I think, it, yeah, talking, you know, Adaptation Week as well, like that was probably my genesis for how that Crawford Raven yeah. in the Hansel and Gretel story I did comes in because it's this weird sort of thing that just, gets killed and then it comes back. It's a gross kids thing. That's, yeah. That was that was probably what I was aiming for there, that sort of feeling. I feel like that period of, like, the 90s specifically, but was really a time for, like, kids gross out, scary stuff. Uh, yeah. Because, like, outside of Australia, we had things like Goosebumps and, and oh, all yeah, of that yeah. stuff too, which was still really iconic. Yeah. And... I remember Goosebumps, like even the, the covers and things. Yeah. Animorphs. That, yeah, that was yeah. wild. Yeah. So that was <laughs> Sorry, like, we're getting way no, off but topic. It was, it was a real time of like, and, and maybe we're just nostalgic for it, but it was a, I feel like it was a really good time for that kind of content. Like mm. it was, we were in the heyday of those like cheaply made a yeah. new books coming out every week with an awesome cover. Like yeah. it was. One other TV show I was just trying to think. What was that one with a bunch of kids that were chasing UFOs or something? I know that's a bit of a tangential one, but that feels uh, like a ooh. round the twist too, doesn't it? Like the yeah, spiritual I'm... successor. Oh, is it Jeopardy? Jeopardy, that's yeah. the one, yeah. And it's kind of like Blair Witch. Yeah. The first season anyway. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that always felt to me like a bit of a spiritual successor I, around the twist. In, I love in that, that way. show. Like that, that was that show for grown-ups. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. I'd forgotten about that one. And again, a co-production with a bunch of Scottish kids in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. We can never make anything good on our own yeah. anymore. But it was, it was a phenomenal show. Yeah. The second season, I felt it lost me a little bit. I was probably even a little bit too old for that show, but I really liked it. I think the first season ended really well. Yeah. Like, even and then just they had as a to work out what to do with it. And then they had to keep going. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, oh, no, it's successful. Now we have to do stuff. But it was like kids lost in the Australian bush after a UFO sighting and mm. it was filmed like kind of like the Blair Witch, and yeah. which at the time was quite, like, uncommon. Like, yeah. You didn't see fan footage, certainly not on TV. Well, I mean, it, it's also from an era before camera phones were everywhere as well. Yes. So I yeah. guess the idea of having a bunch of kids with, like, camcorders is a bit yeah. of a weird thing. It was always interesting when they would cut to outside and you just wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and I think they did that a lot more in the second season too. Yeah, um, yeah. cool. I, I'm really excited to hear yeah. around the twist stuff. Shall yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Shall we, we sell out? Let's sell out. Sequel creation. Looks like they've ordered a sequel. Three. We all sell out every day. Two. Perpetuate this cycle of money, greed, fascism, and triviality. One. Show me the money. Sequel incoming. I didn't. I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. So to summarize, I hope I'm not going to lose anybody here because obviously I'm going to be rattling off a whole bunch of characters and their names and things in a way that is probably not going to explain who they are or where they come from. Okay. You do probably need to have a decent understanding of Round the Twist to understand a lot of I'll this story. I'll fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that <laughs> because that was one of the things as I was going through. I was like, oh, yeah, like Pete does this and Linda does that. And it's like, have I introduced Pete? And no, <laughs> you know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So is, would it be helpful just to set the premise for Round the Twist at all or will you hit that as you're going in your story? Uh, yes, that would be a very good idea, I think, to, to summarise maybe. Cool. So for, <laughs> yeah, me, and, for and, so for me, the premise of Round the Twist is basically a dad who's kind of, you get the impression, is a relatively recent widower yes. and his three children 
move into a lighthouse on the cliffs of this small beach town. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like an every town in Australia. Yeah, the two, the two older siblings who are kind of in high school, Pete and Linda, and they're twins. Yep. And then they have a younger brother, Bronson, who's a bit of an odd kid. He's eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And weird stuff happens to them. That's yeah. pretty much... I think that's pretty much the story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're stock characters, I guess, of Paul Jennings, but they all have their own interesting things. Yeah. Pete is always, I guess, trying to be one of the cool kids. Definitely. And Linda is, is a lot more thoughtful and... and she does judo. She does judo. Like, yeah, she's a, she's a bit of a badass. She's cool. Bronson is an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, and he's weird and doesn't really have any friends. Yeah, um, but, you know, good reason for it. No, he's yeah. right. As, as, and, and the dad's a sculptor. The dad's an artist, and, yeah, he, he's also, I guess, portrayed as something of a bit of a crackpot. He's a bit of an oddball. Yeah, who, definitely know, a hippie kind Definitely of a hippie guy. kind of vibe, yeah. yeah. There's also living in the vicinity is Nell, who oh, yeah. lives in a granny flat of the, yeah. off the side of the of the line. House. Yeah, who's an old lady that she's, comes from somewhere. She's an old, you know, the mysterious old lady. Yeah. Of, of, she sort of looks story. like a sailor, but is yeah. it a sailor? I don't think. Yeah, but, well, yeah. That's, that's it. You know, her background's never really explained. It's super vague. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you know, maybe she used to hunt Moby Dick or yeah. something. You She'll know? come in every now and again and give, like, some backstory on, on the history of the town and stuff. Yeah. But we never find out very much about Nell. And then, I guess, the other kind of big characters, there's the teacher, Fiona. Yes. And the Gribbles. Yes, um, probably the, the Gribbles at large. So you have Harold Gribble, who's yeah. the, I guess he was he the mayor. Was uh, at like one a, point, I think he's the mayor. He's, he's a, a real mayor. estate agent. He's a real estate agent slash mayor. He's essentially the the figure of authority I think of the in town. Season two, yeah. he's running for mayor, maybe or something. But yeah, he's makes he, sense. He's, yeah. he's definitely related to politics somehow. Yes, yeah, yeah he's, he has power. Yeah. basically. and his his wife is a is they call her the matron, yeah. and she's just a. Her name is Cecilia, by the way. So, yeah, yeah, I was looking through the the thing. His eldest son, James, James Gribble, is the, you know, dickhead school bully. Yeah, the leader of the bullies. And Um, he's got his posse of Rabbit and Tiger, who, again, just interchangeable. Tiger's the mouthy kid, and (laughs) Rabbit's the kind of dumb kid. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Was it the other way around? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiger's tiger's the mouthy kid. Yeah, Tiger's mouthy, that's right. Because it's quite funny because Tiger in season one is this little skinny runt of a kid with bleach blonde hair yep. and then in season two he's kind of this bigger chunkier <laughs> kid that they've cast in like most of the other kids look pretty similar across yep. both seasons but it's almost like rabbit and tiger their personalities don't change but their body physicalities change <laughs> like they, they switch yeah <laughs> it's really yeah. strange no it's, it's well i mean you go around the twist yeah kind of <laughs> there was also fiona who was linda's best oh, friend yeah, yeah. and pete's sort of on again off again love interest yes and i think that's our core cast really there yeah. were a few other ring-ins that would come in and out of the show but and i think the the only indigenous character on the show as well fiona at least in season two uh, yes yeah. in season one yeah. She's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, another one of those changes between seasons. But yeah, I guess they were sort of casting the, a wide net to yeah. see whoever could fill these roles. But yeah, yeah that was always a bit that, homogenous. Because they're more uh, archetypes, right, yeah. than really specific characters. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right. So we're going to start the story. Nell has passed away, so we're not going to learn anything else about Nell. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you might be revealing the deep, dark secrets of Nell. No, so. no. Well, who knows? So, and without her paying her rent on the granny flat, the rather prolific Twist family struggling to make ends meet. So... Round the Twist seems to exist in this sliding time scale, similar to like how Batman goes, I suppose. Yeah. It was filmed 
like season one and two were done early 90s late 80s yeah season three and four were early 2000s yeah there's a a whole there's a decade in between so tony and fiona the teeth not fiona sorry Faye, thank you. Faye. I think I called her Fiona before too. Yeah, 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 Faye. No, yeah, Faye. Tony and Faye together at this point. So I'm setting this in that sliding scale after the main series because I guess Nell's dead. She's been previously alive in the whole show, but yeah. Yes. So that, that'll give you a sense of time and place. Tony and Faye do have a daughter as well called Ariel, which I had to look okay. up. So they, there was a baby born in the season finale of season four. So that's... Okay. that's yep. so the, I did not know that. No, that's okay. So they're a rather prolific family and they're living in this lighthouse and yep. uh, Nell's dead, so she can't pay the rent anymore <laughs> for <laughs> her part. So they're, they're struggling on repayments, you know. Interest yep. rates in Australia suck. <laughs> yeah, so... So is this set? When is this set? Time in this in this sliding scale, so I would set now, I would of. say it's always now, okay. right? Like yeah, cool, the, cool. around the twist always felt like it was just set yeah. now. Okay, um, good. So yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, that's that's how I so we're explain it. it. Yeah, we're not modernising it, but again, it's because it, again, you don't have mobile phones and, and yeah. that kind of culture from it. That we'll just say Port Naranda has really bad mobile reception <laughs> sure. as well, so we can still set it in that yeah. similar. But you just got no money. They can afford. Yeah, they, they can afford yeah, mobile That's phones. it. You know, they've yeah. got like a prepaid something that they have to share. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, the father of the family, is struggling to hold down regular work and it's and he's shifted gears to gardening and he's having some success growing giant vegetables with his specialist mix of fertilisers. So he's experimenting with different poo and, and other things to try and really make some really rich soil and give some really healthy looking vegetables out of it. Cool. There's a fair coming up because of course there is. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that sort of thing. It's the brainchild of Cecilia Gribble, the matron. Yep. Tony's going to attempt to sell some of his fertilizer mixes into the giant vegetable co- entries, but he's not having a great amount of success getting his getting his poo out there, so to speak. Yeah. So This is such a classic round the twist story already though that, that yep. the prize would be fertilizer. I will fate or whatever i will say that i am cheating because i am adapting a story of paul jennings that did not make okay. it to round of the twist uh, I'm, um, I'm down. the story is called cow dung custard okay and i don't know if you remember how it went but i don't they no. would not have been able to make it due to the need for quite a lot of cgi okay, let's cool. let's say so but i am putting my own yeah. twist on it <laughs> so and speak. we can do cgi now so we're all good we can do cgi and australia is really good at it yeah. like have you seen happy feet or like more recently the lego movie was mm. animated here so yeah. yeah well and most marvel movies a lot of their special effects yeah, are done yeah. Here, so yeah animal logic yeah love your work man all right so Tony's wife, Faye, however, is is using the fertiliser to great success and she's growing this giant pumpkin that she's going to enter into this competition at the fair, so it's going to be lit. <laughs> so on seeing Faye's pumpkin, and Cecilia obviously needs to be the it girl, she makes a purchase of some of Tony's mixtures. However, this sale is regrettable as the mix he sells her, it smells so bad it actually makes her hair fall out. Like she has an allergic reaction and she goes completely bald. So she has to buy a wig, but it seems like the only ones she was able to get hold of were from Spotlight or something. So there are all these pink and other kind of toilet brushy looking things. So, you know, Harold actually sues Tony for this. You know, he's trying to claim damages and stuff. And obviously the twists are already struggling financially. So this is something that they do not need. Yeah. So they're in quite a bit of financial strife and Gribble knows this. He's essentially all turning the screws to 
gain the lighthouse because yep. you know he's been I was about wanting to say, this for years. He's always wanted the, that lighthouse. He wants right? that lighthouse. I don't know why. <laughs> Usually, in the first yeah. season, he wants to sell it to businessmen, but yes. in the second season, it's like he wants it for himself. It's, it's like he's got buried treasure under it or something. I yeah, don't know. I mean, like one of the maybe one of the bits that doesn't hold up in modern day of of around the twist is the various businessmen that he brings through in season one. So yeah. there's a Japanese stereotype, an Oof. Arab stereotype, oh, an damn, American stereotype. Um, Oof, they're, yeah. They're not, they're, they're good-natured. They're not, yeah, they're not mean, really... And Australia's always had this streak, yeah, I suppose. They're of not that. overtly, yeah. like, it's not like, it's not like there's jokes at those characters' expense or no, anything, no. really. They're just, like, the Arab guy looks like you would imagine an Arab guy would be depicted in the 90s. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, it's... It, yeah. I, it's it's harmless enough, I guess, yeah. but it's also... We should call it out. Yeah, largely the, the show holds up, but the, that's yes. one part where it doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, Tony's getting sued. A new girl has started school. Her name is Sammy McKenzie, and she catches Pete's eye. And after learning that she's vegan, he attempts to adopt veganism himself to okay. to try and impress her. So we go through that little push and pull of him learning that and him going, oh, okay, so I've got to try and impress this girl. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I could be vegan. Like, it's just not eating meat. How hard can that be? Wow, so he's not after Fiona anymore. No, well, they've they've had their on and off again thing, I yeah. guess, and Fiona doesn't really mind either. They're friends. Yeah, you know. okay. So, yeah. you know, it's just 14 year old boy and girl boys and girls at that point they yeah you know whatever <laughs> so bronson sees tony struggling with his business so he offers his expertise in smells for a 50 percent stake in the fertilizer company yeah so bronson's found his calling this was me trying to find something for everybody to do yeah as well i found with doing ensemble pieces i tend to blow them out into incredibly huge documents if i'm not careful so yeah i'm trying to just give them little pins in i, in I feel things. yeah you'll see i had a similar thing to deal with with mine so. <laughs> yeah linda is tasked with sorting through some of the trinkets nell had told her she could keep while tidying up the granny flat so they're gonna see if they can rent that out but you know they're not certain about it and finding tenants is really difficult when your side hustle is sorting through like piles of really smelly manure yes so so they're, they're you know she's tidying it up and that's fine so she's tidying up the granny flat but there's a door that she can't find a key to and it's locked okay. so she's looking for a key and instead she actually finds this weird mirror and at first she doesn't really think much of it but then she realizes it's reflecting the room it's not reflecting her Oh. Right, so it's just it's weird. so she puts pushes her hand on it and it goes through this jelly like substance and she falls through it like this portal into another side and everything is flipped. So she is in a mirror dimension now. Yeah. So in this world, Nell's flat is completely bare. She actually goes over to the, to check the door that was locked, but finds it it's open and she opens it and there's just nothing in. It. It's just an empty room. Okay, so on some investigation looking around it turns out in this world the gribbles own the lighthouse and they're currently converting it to a, a casino <laughs> which is really garish yeah and, a, and they're leveling a lot of the area around the the grounds to turn into a golf course so it's a lot of scrub and, and stuff yeah. that they're just leveling to, to turn into golfing greens and things she's quite horrified she actually bumps into a school friend Fiona who is extremely surprised to see Linda so after a few minutes Fiona realizes Linda looks like a mirror version of herself and queries if she's Adnil instead right yeah so, I was about to ask is this the return of Adnil <laughs> well in, in a way yes so I was trying to harken back to some of these things so yeah Linda isn't really sure how to respond to this obviously Adnil exists because Ad, yeah Ad, because Fiona knows knows Linda so Fee asks Linda when did she fly in 
And Linda's like, flu. So it actually turns out the Twists had to sell the lighthouse years ago and move to Tasmania. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, will you be explaining what Adnil is later on or is uh, that just a callback for people that understood? I'm going to leave it as a callback. Okay. Uh, we can explain it after uh, if we want. Yeah. It was a good episode. So, again, yeah. watch around the twist, guys. I cannot say enough for, like, 90s television from Australia. It's so, great. So, essentially, Linda creates a photocopy of herself. Yes. And it, she's reversed. And yes. her name is Adnil. Yeah, it's a, it's so. a mirror image thing. And it's a it's a really good, cool story, actually. That was a, That's another good favourite episode. Yeah. So... This has the flow-on effect of Tony and Faye never getting together. This means also that her baby sister, Ariel, has never never got born. So Linda is actually terrified by this and she escapes back through the portal to her world and she's relieved to give her baby sister the biggest hug. So there was a bit of a scare there for, for yeah. her in that. So she's back in her world and, okay, that's a universe I don't really want to have anything to do with. Yeah. <laughs> so, But, yeah. That is my act one. Cool. So that's all my setup. So, yeah. yeah. Does it feel around the twisty? Is it, that it does. Yeah, good. I think so. It definitely does. I'm interested to see. I'm assuming there'll be something strange with Pete's new girlfriend. How and, can you tell? Because <laughs> I'm assuming they're all going to have kind of a strange storyline. Yes. And uh, I'm interested to see what goes on with Bronson and the Manure. And, <laughs> and cl- clearly Linda's is setting up something kind of interesting. So, yep. yeah, very keen to find out what happens next. One, one thing I struggled with this particular story is the show will generally gravitate. It, it gave each character equal time. Like yeah. the three kids each had an equal share of each season. But each episode would follow one yeah, through the whole thing. Yes. So what I was trying to do most with this one was to do that, yeah. but to also have it coalesce at the end, yeah. which I don't know if I stuck the landing. I, I'm feeling pretty confident that I okay. did, but you know, call me out if there's any plot threads that I missed because it, I, I kind of... <laughs> yeah, I was writing this late. <laughs> so, But I, I did finish it yesterday, so oh, wow. I was not working on this today at all. I was trying to come up with what I was going to say on the sign-in. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on to Act 2. Cool. Pete gives up on veganism after a day and a half, but he still pretends that he's being a vegan. Okay. So, you know, he's trying to, you know, keep the facade up in front of Sammy and he ends up asking her out. So she's impressed by his forthrightness. So, and yeah, his bowl they, cut. They, yeah, and his bowl cut and they, and they start to date, as only 14-year-olds can. So... <laughs> Tony and Bronson have started development on Project Cow Dung Custard. It's going to be a fertilizer that has all the power and nutrients that Tony's been mixing, but without the whole smell so bad that hair falls outness of the previous version <laughs> as well. Bronson is quite the scientist on it. He's quite a scientist himself as far as smells <laughs> are concerned, and he, and he hypothesizes that the worse you make something smell, if you can take it off the smellable scale, you won't smell anything at all. Yeah. So he's just got to make the most awful thing that he can possibly do so he actually sacrifices one of his socks that he's kept in a ziploc bag for for one of these things so he's from his stinky feet feet. back back when he was saving the turtles (laughs) yes when he was saving the turtles with his stinky feet they are starting to sort of baffle some flies coming in and but they've managed to create a concoction that they can actually take their masks off and i can't smell anything and then they're checking like their hair's not falling everything's great cool yeah excellent Fantastic. So they, they're battling to keep flies away, but because the flies seem to be able to smell this pretty well. Okay. But they persevere and so they begin, okay, we've got our mixture. We'll start to mass produce this stuff because, you know, it's it's also doing really great wonders on the vegetables. Like they 
getting 10% extra in size every day or something. Wow. So it's, it's ridiculously yeah. potent. Linda, back in the real world, and back to tidying up Nell's flat, notices a weird phenomenon after returning from the non-mirror world. The door that she'd opened in the mirror world is now open in hers. So she's been able to affect the other dimension from this side. So, oh, okay. So behind it is a collection of Nell's memorabilia that will give us an info dump and a bit of her time in the Merchant Navy. Okay. She was a sailor. She was a sailor. And uh, it also has a flute. Now, Nell said that she never really took up instruments or or playing instruments. But in season one, the big arc is that there's these instruments that you can hear playing in the lighthouse. Yeah, upstairs. And there's this family of ghosts haunting it. So it turns out Nell was part of that band and she had a flute. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so I just, just wanted to throw that little bit of a connection to her yeah. family. And, and I like that you set up, like, why she has the sailor's hat and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I needed to... Yeah, there's, like, some weird reason why that was it. <laughs> I mean, she was really into cosplay, maybe. But, yeah. You know, it's... she's She she's always in, looked like a sailor. Like, she had that sailor jumper as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and she looked like, you know, maybe she'd done like, her... And I guess she was the previous lighthouse keeper at some point. I'm assuming? I don't know. It probably was said outright, but... I don't think it I, is. I've watched I've, it a lot of times. That I maybe she just really liked lighthouses but didn't yeah. want to live in it. Like, yeah. that's, that's a... <laughs> anyway, you know. Oh, no, I'm sick of lighthouses. Because, like, the I family like and stuff all lived in it because, yeah, there was obviously the band, but there were other characters like the the one whose eyes got into the fox in that one episode. And oh, so yeah. Other... Oh, that was... That show is so messed up, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There were quite a few characters that she was related to yeah. that she discussed throughout the course of the two yeah. seasons. Yeah. Despite the fact that she rarely went into the lighthouse even. I like... always found the lighthouse interesting as well because when you think about it, there was always this extra room or something. Like, they would just shuffle things around yeah. and it would be whatever they needed it was like felix's magic bag or bender's cabinet you know like it was just always you know the room of requirement because that was the other thing Nell did she always ignored the music yeah i can't hear anything yeah 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 yeah. so that was linda's arc i think in the first season so yeah yeah fun time okay so pete and sammy have a date at the movies pete walks her home things have gone extremely well and they're getting along really really well and yeah they they share a kiss at sammy's door as he's sweet. saying good night so it's very sweet however pete, pete has a trace of meat from last night's me- <laughs> roast on his breath and this triggers sammy to transform into a yowie <laughs> well, Australian Bigfoot, basically. So I'm going to say that this is one of those two-word action scenes I put in, so flavour this as you like. (laughs) But Pete goes on the run and this Yowie's chasing after him. Pete gets Ah! and this transforms him into a Yowie too. I'm assuming this is why she's vegan, because if she eats meat... Yep. These or gets transformations a, get, right. gets, a, gets anything on a, in her mouth about yeah. meat. Yep, yep, it's it's a thing. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to. I started looking up like yaois and stuff, and it was a bit of a wild thing. Like I think they've they're one of those things where I think there's a bit of Aboriginal dream time that they've De- definitely that has yeah. been badly translated. Yeah, I think that yeah. you know it's been misunderstood or something. So yep. it's essentially Australian Bigfoot now, and it's it, yeah. yeah. It's interesting as well because obviously there's elements of werewolf here and werewolf seems to be the thing Have that we keeps... had our swan buffer? I don't yeah, know. I, no, I keep doing this. I feel like werewolves keep coming back because we had the werewolf in Velocipasta. Yes. We obviously did American <laughs> werewolf. Yep. And I had a little allusion to werewolf in my galaxy quest. So it's <laughs> it's like werewolves seem to have infected the show. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love it. I like As a concept, I really oh, like yeah. it. I, I dig it. I really wanted to do... So, like, again, it had to be 
werewolfish. Yeah. This is not a werewolf. This is a yaoi. And it's more Australian. But, yeah, yeah, it's more Australian that way. But yeah, it's a, and it's a different trigger as well. It's one that makes a lot more sense and doesn't have like a yes. only one time every month kind of thing. So. Yeah. And it sets up a kind of nice, that kind of nice thing where he's hiding it. Which, yes. Which is a fun story thing to Because now he's actually with. going to have to be vegan, isn't yes. he? Like, yeah, so... Yeah, no, that's, that's a permanent thing too. Like, Pete doesn't get back. I'm just okay. going to spoil that now. He's a, he's a yowie. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, James Gribble and his lackeys, Tiger and Rabbit, sneak into the Twist's garden and smash Faye's pumpkin because they're dicks. Yeah. You know, they suck. And they obviously saw how the matron was a bit, you know, jealous of this pumpkin. And so James is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, do this for mum. And yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're awful. Yeah, and they just are. Like, they're... they're yeah. Never really redeeming characters. In no, the, in the no. Show. I mean, they just do this awful thing, and yeah, yeah. I mean, Faye's not Faye's a school teacher, so I guess that's another reason why they would just yes. hate her. But yeah. yeah, it's just one of those dickish things that you know. Uh, and I think that like bullies do. was a recurring yeah. theme in a lot of Paul Jennings stuff generally, yes. and I'm assuming it's a point he was bullied, and the mm. bullies are just. That's what they are. That's their characterization yes. in most of these things. Yes, they, but they're. There's definitely these kids as well that you grow up with back in school and they, yeah. they just are like that as well. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's really, yeah, I mean, I mean they, they grow out of horrible it. horrible home lives and all yeah, sorts I mean, of they, things they grow, on, they but... grow out of it. And, I mean, I remember, you know, my, my school years as well. Like, there were some like that, but, you yeah. know, they eventually everyone grows out of it. And, but, yeah. Our school bully was called Ferret. He would, have been, <laughs> he would have been, like, well at home in the world of Round the Twist. <laughs> Ferret. Uh, there was actually a kid who I went to school with who who did earn the nickname Rabbit. Yeah. I'm not going to identify who it is, but <laughs> but he. Um, How many children does he have? <laughs> but he uh, and he'll probably hate me for telling this story if he, if anyone else remembers. But I remember there was a we were playing like a game of I Spy in the classroom. Like the the teacher was there and the one of the kids were up the front, and he's like I Spy with my little eye something beginning with I don't know P yeah. or something. And uh, Rabbit just goes, Rabbit! <laughs> and and the name stuck, like, all uh, through primary school. So Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So this kid, Ferret, he was, like, the worst. And he was... I'll just point out, Re- Rabbit's an awesome guy, by yeah, the way. Yeah, like, no, he no, wasn't no, a bully like, or anything. Ferret was a legit yeah. bully. And he was just always not nice to people. And I remember... But I never really had too many run-ins with him. But one day, one of my good friends was there and he was messing with him. And this was a kid that oh, oh, who had had some struggles and things in his life. And anyway, th- he was messing with him and, and pushing him around, and he just decked him. And like <laughs> so, the kid just this kid just decked him, and and Ferret was in tears, Oof. and he like he never messed with our group of friends ever again. My so, my brother in law has a similar story when he's the one doing the decking after yeah. one straw too many. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So standing up to all his cad work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, there is a certain, I guess, mob justice as well. Yeah. Like you see a bully humbled, yeah. and it makes the world a little bit of a better place for yeah, a little while. Yeah, and I feel so, like it, like that messed up his rep, like yeah. anywhere for a while. Yeah. So it was, it was like a reprieve for everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. And you sort of go, they lick their wounds, and they hopefully grow out of it and yeah. make better life choices. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he did. Yeah. I remember meeting up with him like after school, just randomly at a news agent. And I actually might have been with the same friend, and he was okay. Like, yeah, was, like he, a, he was, a lot of the a lot of the kids I remember that I don't remember liking so much. You know, when they were by themselves, they were great. When they were yeah. with their friends, that's when they yeah. that's when the turn came. Like, they needed to show off or assert dominance, or you know, yeah. 
and, and I, pissing contest, and, whatever. And, like as an adult that kind of maybe understands these things a bit more and stuff, yeah. I think often they came. They probably had pretty rough lives and things. Yeah. And there, there's, oh yeah, there's, yeah. There's always this underlying like trauma and things yeah. that, that cause certain things. So yeah, you you don't want to judge Feels them. A bit bad for you them. don't want to judge them too harshly, but as well, some of the stuff that they bring on themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, and they made a lot of kids' lives hell. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, and like even in. And today's world as well, like bullying is so much worse because yeah. you can't just unplug from it because yeah. like they can be a lot more anonymous on the internet. Yeah, and, yeah. definitely. Yeah, bullies suck. Please don't bully. <laughs> anyway. Unless and, you're in a round the twist story. Unless they're... you're in a round the twist story because then you make a great stock villain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so on to Act 3. That was a good segue, actually. I do like talking about how bullies suck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, sorry. We're past the midpoint, rather, not Act 3. We're in, still in Act 2. <laughs> Faye is obviously pretty pissed off about a pumpkin. Pete, you know, is able to actually do some investigating because his senses are a little heightened now. So yeah. he's... And he loves pumpkins. Yeah, and he loves pumpkins, <laughs> yeah. And he decides, and he and Sam actually go and get a confession out from the Gribble Posse. Yeah. So I've left that as just that sentence. Let's just have a bit of fun riffing on what that could be. Yeah, so, so, like you terrifying know, them as Terrifying scouts. the shit yeah. out of them. Maybe and, having a sausage before they get there. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely, you know, just, just going on this, like, absolute war against the Gribble Posse. I imagine Sammy, and, who's, like, been trying to keep this... Like yeah. it had, but now she needs to turn to a yaoi. So like yeah. making the most of it, just like eating everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I love bacon so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, bacon is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they go and do that. They they figure that they should probably not keep dating, but they stay friends. That's that's you know it's it's a nice sort of end to their yeah. little fling. But yeah, I'm just going. They're, they're fourteen. They you know yeah yeah. They realize that they're probably bad for each other. <laughs> Yeah, so as the now Yowie t- turns out, it's very persuasive about getting confessions from people. Yeah. So this has the knock-on effect of Howard Gribble actually dropping the lawsuit against Tony. So, yeah, you know, they okay. kind of just go, all right, let's just let's, yeah. let's just call it. We've both got problems with each other. Let's yeah, just... Yeah, let's... You know, and honestly, you know, after James being something of a stain on his family's reputation in the town because yeah. it was an awful thing right like yeah. you go and destroy this pumpkin and everybody knows like Faye would have beaten the crap out of everybody yes. at, at the at this fair so because while everyone was a bit jealous of her yeah. success they were also quite supportive and you know it's a nice town you know you don't want everyone to be you know that kind of prudish probably everyone else hates that gribble kid too yeah like. everyone else has, <laughs> and everyone hates the gribbles and they have status and wealth yes. and stuff but they're yeah they're dicks <laughs> anyway so yeah they on the day of the fair arrives and tony is still able to cut losses and displays the new cow done custard at the fair and the results you know speak for themselves and there are a lot of buyers but as more and more barrels are, are open to show how there's no smell like he actually demonstrates look you know i can open all of these and you can't smell a thing <laughs> the humans can't smell it pete and sam are pretty much close to barfing <laughs> like they cannot stand it and dogs seem to love it like a lot of the dogs seem to love it and like some are trying to actually drink it so yeah. if you've ever you know dogs they'll find really gross stuff and they'll just fill their mouths with Roll it, so it rolling yeah. it yeah so the dogs are loving it but it's also attracting flies like all of the flies, all of the flies in the Southern <laughs> Hemisphere, every freaking fly comes to Port Noranda. Flies are accumulating and it rapidly balloons to like ridiculous, like they're blocking out the sun number of flies. The humming is just like rattling 
the your bones like it's just you know it's just flies like and I'm not even talking like you know flies on a you know field of carcasses kind of flies yeah. this is blankets a sea of, of flies sea yeah. of flies like a tsunami of just black bugs just you know awful awful lots and lots of flies I, I'm just trying to get that across yeah. that was as the, as described in Paul Jennings story Cow Dung Custard yeah and it is not something they would have been able to do back in the day even in the early 2000s making yeah. this show so uh, yeah I wanted to go I big. don't know there's an X-Files episode with a lot of bugs in it but they're, they're, they're like Overlaid, <laughs> so yeah. like, they can't be behind anyone. <laughs> they're just always in front. It's like, yeah, yeah. You can just imagine this sort of sentient swarm yeah. of like gross, you know, blowflies. Good for the rest of Australia. I'm sure these flies have come from somewhere. Yeah, but... like there's some guy with like the corks dangling from his hat, and I was like, "What's going on, mate?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are the flies got? I don't know. Darwin's loving it. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cans as well. Yeah, they'd, they'd be like, "Oh, where's it all gone?" Anyway. Yeah, so Port Naranda is in complete blackout from flies. Like, it blocks out the sun sort of yeah. thing. So it's it's pretty pretty apocalyptic. Linda actually has this idea to um, what they can do. And she gathers together with her family. Like, they're all huddled together in the eye of the fly storm. Maybe if they pour out the CDC somewhere else, the flies will follow it. And she knows just the minute or a dimension to do it in. <laughs> the only problem is actually finding their way back to the lighthouse. But Pete is just able to hear something with his new sensitive hearing, and it's like a flute on the wind. Ooh. So there's this song that leads them to... They follow the sound, and they arrive at the lighthouse, so they're having this little wade through this yeah. just blackout of flies. They get to the lighthouse. Linda, Linda retrieves the mirror, and they then have to return back to the CDC stand. And together, the twists pour the yellow liquid into this mirror dimension. Oh, no. <laughs> Meanwhile... On the other side of reality, the Gribble Casino and Golf Course is suddenly plagued by all of the flies and the site is abandoned. So, you know, and, you know, in the future it is eventually sold back to the mirror dimension of the twists and at a bargain price, so they're able to escape Tasmania. Yay! So I just want to sort of paint that picture like, you know, Gribbles, you know, mirror Gribbles are like, oh, yes, we've got this fantastic opening for the, the new casino and yeah. everything. And then just suddenly <laughs> just flies everywhere, just pour out. And it's like, a you know, oh, like one of the curses of Moses sort yeah. of things. It's just, you know, the, the site's abandoned. I, I also love that they're building the casino because that was one thing that they always talked about in the show. Like they talked, they'd always name it different things, but it was yes. like the the casino and golf course that you mentioned earlier. And yeah. yeah, so it's cool that they. I mean, not cool, but in the other <laughs> dimension, they achieved their goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I also wanted to show, like, I, it's not really in the writing so much, but I did want to show what the world of Port Naranda would have been without the twists yeah. as well. So a lot of these things didn't happen where, you know, they, they were able to solve some of the problems. Yeah, they're like, a balancing force, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so they, they were definitely, like, the... It, it's Actually, thinking about it, like, Round the Twist is Australia's Doctor Who, when yeah. you think about it yeah. in a or way. Or X-Files. Or X-Files like, or something. Yeah, yeah but def definitely that sort of we fix the problem because yeah. they're the only ones that can sort yeah. of, you know, main characters, I guess, yeah. of, of a town. So, yeah. So, yeah, Bronson is able to use his second and final stink sock that he's still got. <laughs> he's able to kill the remaining cop flies. Cop the pong. Yeah, cop the pong. He's able to kill the flies with, with that and, yeah, they're able, to, they're able to sort of think. But anyway, after everyone else returns to consciousness, after Bronson's able to sort of... Like, Everyone else passes out, but he's able to sort of like clear the flies out, and, yeah, and that sort of thing. They they retreat from the sock like it's that bad, yes. <laughs> so even the flies don't want it. But 
After this, a few days later, Tony is actually approached by an army official to explore the potential of CDC as a non-lethal offensive solution. <laughs> so just, like, drop this fly bomb and... Just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the twists won't ever have to worry about money anymore. Cool. The end. Nice. I like it. <laughs> have you ever? Wow, wow. twists. I really liked it. I liked, I think you got the voices of the characters pretty well. I like that everyone had something to do within the story. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> like the one character, because obviously introducing Sammy yes. kind of took something away from Fiona to do. Yes. But then you gave Fiona something to do in the other dimension. I, so I didn't kind want to of... do that. And, and this is the thing. This is, again, this is a pitch. I would yeah, want a yeah. lot of this fleshed yeah, would, out. Yeah. And I would think there would be a lot of other things they could do. Yeah. I, I wanted to have, like, I remember as a kid, you know, I one of the guys would be dating this girl this month and yeah. then maybe they'd break up or something. And it was yeah. always that's like, amicable. And there were a lot of, of these. It's interesting that it seemed like Sammy stayed around because... Mm. What I noticed about Round the Twist is outside of Fiona as a love interest, yes. all of the love interests only ever appear in one episode. Yes. So it'll be like, there's the mermaid guy, and yes. then we never see him again. Yes. Or there's the ghost that the Bronson falls in love with in the yeah. last or episode. There was, that, that, there was that tree lady spirit thing yeah. that made Pete pregnant. Was that a third season That might thing? be. Um, yeah. But there was the fortune teller that he fell in love with at the like showground, and then she turned out to be like an old witch oh, in the okay. end. Hmm. Um, she gave him the lipstick that made girls want to kiss him basically oh, yeah okay and then at the end she put on the lipstick mm. and he had seen her right the way through as like this beautiful woman yeah and then she puts on the lipstick and turns into this like really creepy witch oh with, yeah, yeah like yeah. really cracked lips yeah and, she, and she's like licking her lips as this what voice like coming yeah. towards her yeah. And then, yeah it's yeah probably one of the more messed up episodes actually yeah but, that's uh, yeah that's kind of weird thing about yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but another good one i uh, think that's the main thing though like the show part of its appeal is that it's messed up right yeah. like that's and it was yeah. like how did they make this like it was kind of an edgy thing in its own kind of way like it was mm. fairly edgy like yeah. like as much as like a show targeted at that age group can be yeah. so well like bluey these days is is censored in other countries because the dad farts or yeah. something like yeah. or even they mention something yeah we tend, to, we tend to be a bit looser with some of that stuff here yeah. i think yeah and i think like dad baby actually got banned completely in the u.s i don't think oh, that's okay. a that's a thing yeah. at all oh yeah the episode yeah yeah, yeah. so yes mm. uh, it's, it's interesting it the where famously <laughs> and it's so like to me so not offensive as well so yeah. famously the dad in, in da the dad movie episode of bluey for americans who would never see it i guess um, yeah unless he, you you know use a vbn <laughs> yeah he has like do you call it a papoose so he's yeah. wearing like the papoose and carrying one of his daughters around like he's pregnant yeah and he's experiencing all of the the things that a pregnant woman well, would experience you know, as, um, a, as a man and only for an afternoon yeah, so. <laughs> exactly but then at the end he gives birth yeah that's pro i think that's probably the bit that maybe they have an issue with yeah but like, but like there is a analog for pain because like they're pulling bingo out and bingo doesn't want to leave so yes. she's grabbing her dad's belly fur and like yeah. you know so he's getting like this awful pulling of hair as he says it just goes to show that i think australian kids shows they've still yeah. got it like, yeah i think there's this very australian thing at our our deep core that we're all a bit messed up yeah. and we want to spread that joy yeah. of it and interestingly enough every now and again 
and it's bluey at the moment, I think, but yes. an Australian kids' TV show will just take off. Yes. Like, everywhere. And I think Round the Twist kind it of did It will just that. lift off, you yeah, mean. Yeah, I don't think lift off lifted <laughs> off anywhere else. But Round the Twist certainly yeah. went to a lot of other countries. And it's interesting because you'll hear, like, American people talking about it and they'll be like, oh, I didn't know anyone else knew what it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, a friend of mine lives in New Orleans and one day she just put up on her Facebook page just as an experiment i think because yeah. she has a number of australian friends and she just wrote have you ever ever felt like this yeah and then every australian that she knew just went yeah. into her i don't comments think you could and, be uh, an australian of a round our age group and not be familiar yeah. with Red and not, be, not be literally triggered into yeah the whole thing I, I didn't even have a tv as a kid <laughs> i knew around the twist like <laughs> yes. yeah it's it was a fantastic show and i think your adaptation was really good oh, um, thank you i yeah I, I was pretty pleased with that i'm because we had talked about yours only very very briefly and but I think part of it, part of it was so you, you let I me know call, that you I were doing all dibs on yeah, it because so I wouldn't steal it. Yeah, but I'm interested that you didn't adapt any of the episodes. You kind of went your own way. I think that was yeah. really cool. I, so, I definitely, like, I still my version of Cow Uncusted finishes differently to how Paul Jennings' version of Cow okay. Uncusted goes. But I did want to use that, I guess. DNA yeah. uh, of, of the underlying current it, of an episode yeah, as well. It worked, so right? yeah, it felt like yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, so... it feels like cheating because it's not my original concept. And the mirror dimension. Right? Yeah, that's and the that's whole it. point of this. This exactly. Week. And you know, we're not trying to be creative. We're trying to sell out. We're trying to make <laughs> a lot of money. So uh, yeah, hit me up, Australian film industry, <laughs> if you like have any money at all. I, I don't know. If you <laughs> the do. kids shows, I think they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kids shows do. Bluey's um, making bank, surely, so there must be some of that, you know... 100%, blue yeah. money to yeah. go around. I'd like to say, we, there's regular ones, like Saddle Club and all those... Like, there's mm. been lots of things over the years that have kind of gone big from here. Yeah. H2O, that mermaid That's a mermaid thing. Sh- mermaid thing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah, thinking about it, I didn't really think about those. Oh, I another, didn't realise... Is Saddle Club Australian? I didn't think... It is. It is. It is. It? Yeah. Oh, Canadian, that... it, it's a co-production with Canada, oh, okay. which is why the main kids are Canadian, but all the other people are Australian. Because I was trying to think, like, why... I don't. I don't know yeah. if they. I don't know it well enough to know if they ever explain why this group of Canadian kids lives in Australia. But it's just the Canadian commune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all like everyone that's not one of the like three bay girls are Australian. <laughs> so, so okay, you get to be background extras because you're paying less money into yeah. those productions. <laughs> yeah, there were, but there were so many. There's another one. Ah, oh, that we'll, I'll probably we'll probably talk about more next yeah. week with mine anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I think Australian kid shows. They seem to do relatively well. Yep. I mean, for every Australian kid show that went gangbusters overseas, there yeah. were probably 10 other ones that no one outside of Australia has ever heard of. Like maybe the Ferals. Did that one go overseas? Yeah, that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know that Spellbinder <laughs> As- ever did. Australian Muppets. <laughs> I'm pretty confident what I've picked, and I'll save it, but yep. is I don't think it really went outside of Australia. So yep. I, I deliberately picked something a little bit I, more underground. I'm, I'm extremely intrigued because you, you've been very tight-lipped about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah, I didn't want to share. It'll be so funny if you don't know what it if, is. If, like, I, if I didn't um, say that I was doing Around the Twist, would you have probably? Probably, yeah. yeah. But I'm gl- kind of glad you did because it pushed me to do something a bit different. And, so. and you get to be an audience member for it as and, well. Which and I, I've done know, a couple to... of paranormal kids things already. So I think yeah. it was your chance. Well, I, I wanted to try my hand at that teenage thing. I don't think I did it quite as well as yours. I'd like you to actually, like if this ever became a real project, you should definitely do a pass <laughs> over it yourself. Yeah. Just to I, I love writing teenage dialogue and kids yeah. dialogue and stuff. And, and you'll see in mine that I've kind of gone that way. Excellent. Uh, so it's in a lot of ways... I was like, oh, I was worried that what I've picked, and we'll talk about it next week again. Yes. But 
that was going to be too similar, mm-hmm. but I felt like our styles are so different that it won't really matter. And it, it won't matter. Mm. <laughs> so, and I've kind of done something a little bit different with the way I've adapted it too. So I think, I don't know. Do we want to go on to next? Do, do we like, yeah, do we call I, it I th- here? I think go sit in the wardrobe um, for a week. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, it does look very comfortable and I am very tired. <laughs> yeah. I've got so, my sleeping bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I can stand up and then I can look like, <laughs> I can look like the hot water bottle again. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. Well, I think then, yeah, if you've enjoyed this, let us know. And if you've got favorite Australian kid shows that we haven't talked about, like, yep. if you're a mad Lockie Leonard fan, throw it in the comments <laughs> because, yeah, there's so much great. Aussie kids stuff and we've barely scratched the surface of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And And um, I mean, like, if you you haven't seen Round the Twist, awesome. It's great that we've got an international audience. Thank you for listening. If you're an Australian and you haven't watched Round the Twist... You probably need to hand in your citizenship. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I feel like we could have done like seriously. It was hard for me to pick what to do. Yeah. I feel like we could have done a whole series of just adapting Australian kids shows, and mm. I could have come up with a new one each week. Like, yeah. there's well, so I mean, much you know, great we, content to mind. We have until the sun burns out to keep making our podcast. Yeah, like, we'll, so, we'll live forever and keep doing this. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> because this has been one of one of my favorites. So yeah. Let's let's call it. Do yes. all of the yeah, things yeah. that we always ask you to do. I think we asked you earlier, so yeah. we're gonna, we'll give you a reprieve, and maybe we'll yep. just say until next time to be, be continued. continued. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at tmyl2. Find our polls and website at tmyl2.wordpress.com. Our opening title is by Brett Harris. This episode was edited by Nick Spoon. 